Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the call center and contact center podcast, where we try to give you some actionable items to take back into your contact center to improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. How's everybody doing? My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a contact center outsourcer. We work for lots of different clients dealing with uh, their customer service and their customers. We're located here in uh, northwestern Pennsylvania in, in Erie, PA. Kind of excited. I've uh, been planning some conferences this week. I will be at Call Center Week. I think uh, not only will Expedia have a booth, but we're trying to do something pretty cool with the podcast there as well. So if any of you are going to be at Call Center Week or Contact Center Week in, in December uh, in Vegas, you know, shoot me a, shoot me a note on LinkedIn or, or shoot me an email. I'd love to uh, to be able to meet up with, with some of you guys. And um, I think I got some pretty cool plans when I'm, I'm down there. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. And it'll be the first show that we've done in like two years because of COVID. Or at least the first live one. We've done a you know a bunch of uh, of online, but it's not the same, right? It's not the same. So excited to have a booth. Um, excited to, to to do some things and to see some people and to shake hands and have a beer and <laughs> I guess be normal again at a at a conference. So hey, today we just I don't know if if you've seen this on LinkedIn, but we just came out with a about a twenty five page. It's a blog post, but it's basically a 25-page paper on the ultimate guide to call center outsourcing. I want to kind of do an episode on that today. We've we've done some things that have piecemealed some some things together, like you know why you should outsource and some things to look for and those kind of things. But I don't want to tell you why you should outsource, right? I think that's that's almost salesy and it's kind of played. But let's take it one step further and say you've already made the decision that you think you want to outsource, you need to outsource. Maybe you've grown, maybe you're you're scaling um, at a level that you can't really keep up with. Uh, maybe you just, you know, you, you don't want to deal with it. Maybe your quality is poor in your internal call center, whatever the reasons are. I want to talk to you about the things that you should be looking for and basically how to outsource your contact center. Right. So again, we're going to stay away from the why and saving money and, you know, kind of all that stuff. Right. And let's get into really how you do it. So the first thing, you know, when, when you're, when you're looking to outsource, if it's the first time you've ever done it, let me just say this, go find a contact center broker, right. Or a consultant. I guess most of the time they don't like broker. If you, uh, if you need one for me, let me know. You know, we, I love, uh, my buddy Fred chatting, give him a shout out here. 
You know, he's placed a lot of business with us, and he's helped a lot of organizations that are outsourcing because he has the Rolodex, and a lot of the brokers have – well, they have the Rolodex, right, to say, you know, what are you looking for? What are the, the contact centers that they know are high quality that can fit? Because there's so many out there, right? And it, it is difficult if you just kind of go online and do some searches and and throw some things out there. Or if you're going to do an RFP, because a lot of times you're going to get responses back to the RFP if it's the first time that you won't really even understand. So I can help you with that. A contact center broker can help you with that. But make sure that you get some help. If you have some experience and, you know, or maybe you've already kind of whittled things down to a couple centers, Right here's some things that I think you need to, to to look at. Number one is obviously you want a high quality center, right? And how do you know what's high quality? One of the main things is I think to do references and to call references are really important. Ask them for some customers that you can talk to. Uh, most of the time, if you have a really good conversation, you can get some really good feedback. If there's any pushback on giving you some some customers to call, you know that's kind of a maybe a little bit of a red flag. Make sure they're experienced, and, and I kind of. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't feel as good as saying that, but you know, we were a startup at one point. And I'll tell you what, we we did struggle with certain things because we didn't have the infrastructure or the tools when we were first starting, right? You know, that 10, 12 years ago that we have now. So I think it's it's important that, you know, there's a little bit of a track record with the contact center that you're working for. It might not be the most shiny, you know, bell and whistle type contact center, but make sure that, you know, it, it does have experience. It's run the the types of programs that you've you've had in the past. When it comes to experience as well, though, you know, I find it very difficult when a customer will ask me, you know, what is your, you know, what is your niche? What is your specialty? Right. And I I hate that uh, because we're trying to be a BPO that really looks at lots of different clients. So we're in, in everything from healthcare to financial services to retail right to tech support right we're we're kind of hitting all those and we we try to diversify our portfolio as you guys know or or if you've been listening for a while i came from a contact center that we specialized just in financial services so bank of america citibank chasg capital hsbc you know we were working for all these guys it was great and we were doing a really good job until you know 2008 2009 2010 happened right so you know you go from thinking you're in a really good spot to not being diversified enough and it really hurt the organization. And, you know, that's, that's why I'm at Expedia and that's how Expedia started, but that's a whole other story. So, you know, I, I think we are more well-rounded because we can handle lots of different things and I see so many different things. So I don't shy away from a from a call center that maybe is doing a lot of things, right? Instead of just, you know, we're a financial services or we only do tech support, because, you know, I, I think that they focus and sometimes you can be so close to the trees. So how's that go? So close to the forest, you can't see the trees. It's kind of one of those things. All right. The next thing is make sure that the contact center is scalable for, for what you're looking for, right? So, you know, you don't want to just be stuck with a, a, a teeny tiny center that maybe if you need to go to 10 to 20 to 30 reps, um, all the way to maybe 200, 300 reps, what do you need? Can they scale to that number? Have a real partnership with these guys, right? If you are going in there or if you have the attitude that they're a vendor of yours, it's going to be a miserable experience. If you're going in there with a, a partnership attitude that you're going to work together on a lot of the things, uh, you're going to find that the contact center outsourcer will bend over backwards for you. I've never seen and we have gotten rid of clients that treat us like a vendor, that it is you know a, just a negative feeling like we're we're below them. And 
it can't be that we're dealing with your customers, right? BPOs are dealing with your customers. Outsourcers are dealing with your customers. It's got to be a really good relationship with really good communication culture be- between the between the two of you. Cost-effective pricing. You know, you want to look at some things, and I'm going to get into pricing here in a, in a little bit, but from the high level, you want to make sure that uh, you understand where you should be from a pricing standpoint. And like I said, I'm going to give you those in a, in a second, but if you don't understand that, again, that's why you need to go to a broker. But I think that's a really important piece of this to understand if you're going to be paid by the minute or if you're going to be billing by the minute, um, if you're going to be, if they're going to be billing you by the hour, if they're going to be billing you by the call or the ticket, you know, how does that work? Make sure that it works for, for your, your structure. The next one is advanced technology. There's so much technology out there right now that you want that to be part of your experience, right? That's one of the reasons that you do go outsource, right? I'm an expert in call center outsourcing. My contact center has all the bells and whistles and all the tools, right? You might not have that internally. That's one of the main reasons to outsource is that you get everything, right? Because this is all we do. All my investment doesn't go into building a widget. It goes into the customer experience. It goes into the technology that's around it. All right. So, so having kind of get into just some of the things to kind of look for, let's look at some of the red flags, right? So some of the things that I would be a little nervous at if, if you heard, right? And number one is, is high setup fees. <sighs> Now, this does depend, right? Now, if you're doing a 2,000 to to 5,000 seats, right, huge thing, you're going to pay a large percentage in setup fees, right? But if you are anywhere in that 500 seat under, which I think probably 90% of the listeners here are, there's setup fees that are reasonable and there's setup fees that are not. Understanding that setup fees are a way for the contact center to recoup some of this, you know, initial investment. But I'll give you an example. Really, for us, Anything under you know 500 seats, and most of our clients are in that 30, 40, 50 to 100 range. You know our setup fees are about 10 grand or less, and most of them are probably about seven thousand dollars. And if you have a, like a little 10 seater, I can say little 10 seater, but a smaller type program like a 10 seater, you know it may be two grand, right? So again, don't get caught with like a you know having a 30 seat program to outsource and someone's charging you like eighty seven thousand dollars or 100 grand to, to set things up, right? Now, granted, if there are integrations and there's a full IVR build out, you know, that's a whole different thing. But we're basically just saying, how do we, to get set up, to get kind of that auto intendant going, uh, to get all your omni-channel, chat, email, all that set up, uh, reporting, it shouldn't be a, a, a crazy cost. The other thing that's a huge pet peeve of mine is having to pay for client support. I know that there are contact centers out there that are charging anywhere from $25 to $50 an hour. Right, or they do like a monthly package of like two thousand or twenty five hundred dollars for client support, and that's for me sounds crazy. You know, they should be rolling that into the just the cost of the of the agent. You should really never be paying anything again if you're in that kind of boutique world for for client support. Now, maybe if you have again, we're talking the monster programs, right? The the two thousand seater, the five thousand seater, there could be some extra client support needed. Right, because those are those are much more robust type programs. So you might pay a, a little bit of a fee for that, but for the most part, you should not be paying additional costs for for client support. All right, the next one is what is an unreasonable per hour per minute charge? Let's just kind of do the what what costs are now, so that you guys have a, a rough ballpark of of what you should be paying. So if you're looking for for USA 
contact center outsourcing, customer service, you know, kind of the basic thing, right? We're not talking extra for tech support. We're not talking about licensed insurance agents because those will be higher. But, you know, for a regular contact center outsourcing in the U.S., you know, you're looking anywhere right now from about 24 to about $30 an hour, right? And I am just totally transparent with that at Expedia for regular, you know, we're, we're right around that in the middle there, $27, $28 per hour. If there's something that is extremely easy, extremely quick, just chat, you know, we could be as low as 25, 26, but we've gone up as high as 40 to 45 for licensed agents or some type of very technical tech support people that, that we've needed for that. So that's kind of where you're looking there. Nearshore, uh, nearshore, you're looking anywhere from, you know, about 13 to 18, $19 an hour. Um, that's, you know, kind of Mexico, Belize, those kind of areas. And then offshore varies widely depending on where you're going. But as a ballpark, you know, I kind of say in that really seven to $12 an hour range. And then just correlate that with your per minute charge, because this is how some contact centers, I don't know, play a little bit of a game is they'll give you a per minute charge. And what we do is we take you know, a per minute charge. So if we're going to say, let's say it's 56 cents per minute, what the outsourcer is going to do is they're going to times that by 45 minutes, right? Because you have to give reps break. Um, that's kind of the normal way to do this. So it comes to like $25 an hour, right? So, you know, and then you can kind of see really how much you're paying. Now, here's where the it gets a little dicey is that some outsourcers will include everything, right? So you have to be careful what is included in the permanent charge. Is it the whole talk time? Is it talk time plus after call work? Really? Is it uh, ring time? They try to stretch things out as much as they possibly can. Make sure that if after call work is included, because sometimes that should be included, that there is a up to a certain amount of time that you'll pay for, right? So you don't want to have reps that are (laughs) an after call work for two minutes every time if they should only be an after call work for 10 seconds and you're paying for that right? That's a, that's a metric that you need to make sure that you're watching and, and you understand. So there can be some, I, I think more, you can, you can kind of seem like you're getting a good deal, I guess, when you're looking at a per minute, but the outsourcer probably knows more than you about it. So you got to make sure that you really break down the call and what you're paying for, make sure that you're not getting kind of taken because the per minute charges, you know, it kind of ebb and flows, right? You can go really high, right? If you're not careful and you could be paying more than what you'd be paying by the hour. I prefer by the hour because clients can budget exactly what they need. If I know I'm going to have 10 reps at seven and a half hours a day at, at $27 an hour, right? We know that they're not going to pay for lunch. Lunch is on us. Breaks are normally paid for by the client and there's seven and a half hours out of that eight hour day that is, is being built. It's just a little bit easier for me, and then that way there's no questions on on what's going on. And to be honest, the math is just is just a little bit easier. All right, next is attrition training. One of the greatest things about outsourcing is that the outsourcer should always pay for attrition training. So the client will pay for the upfront charges for training. So if you want to train 30 reps, the that full cost comes from the client, comes from you. Uh, but then if it's six weeks later and we lose a rep or lose two reps, we have to pay then to backfill those two agents and train them. And that's on the, the the BPO or the call center side. Some people like to play games with that or they like to just say at cost. 
you know, make sure in your contract that you're not paying at all for, for attrition training. That's one of the big perks um, about, about outsourcing. The other thing that you, I like to, to look for, you know, is, is make sure that you're, you're getting more than you think, right? And, and I guess what that means is don't look just at your contact center and, and what you're doing now, but look for the kind of the dream, right? Do you want speech analytics? Do you want, you know, maybe you're just doing voice now. Do you want email and chat added on? You know, ask for those types of things. Make sure that they can provide, you know, those types of things. And, and then ask them what the roadmap is. You know, that's a really cool thing too about outsourcing is the technology, the new technology that's going to come out, I'm going to get it first, right? Because again, I can have an ROI on that and it's just, it's something that I know my clients are going to want, you know, and we just kind of roll that in to, to what we're doing. It's kind of like almost a SaaS model, right? Like if with, if you're with TalkDesk or if you're with InContact or you're with, you know, any of these kind of five, nine, right? Just every quarter kind of an update comes out and you get more features, and if you do it right, you know, that can happen as well with your BPO partner. So ask for a roadmap, ask for what technologies, you know, they plan on, on implementing down the road and how will that affect your program and how will that make your customer experience better? I think that's a, it's another really cool kind of way um, to do that. All right. And then let's just kind of finish here with, you know, some of the things again, um, that I wrote down in notes, right? So when I'm consulting with an organization, and let's say that they have a program that's maybe too big for me, but they say, hey, Tom, will you be on our uh, on our procurement team, right, to help? And I say, absolutely, right? And, and we kind of go out or, you know, a lot of times we'll see too that, that clients with larger programs want to break it up with four or five different contact centers, right? So there's been times where we have been kind of the lead contact center and kind of been the the program manager for all the other centers as well. So when we go out and kind of look, you know, some of the things that, again, I'm looking for, which kind of correlate to some of the things I talked about at the beginning, but this is kind of my personal kind of checklist, you know, is is number one is the size, right? If if we want to make sure that if, if there is a small, if you have a smaller type program, maybe it's a 10 seater that you're not going with an organization that's going to put it into a thousand seat contact center or is a huge, huge, huge uh, contact center because they're not going to care about your program, right? If you have a 10, 20, 30, 40 seater, you should be probably looking at a boutique boutique, meaning anything under a thousand seats. And to be honest, probably anything under 500 seats. Um, I think that's really the, the right play for you. Number two is the track record of management. Make sure you're talking to management. A lot of contact centers, you know, you're going to get a, a program manager that's maybe brand new on the job, right out of college, not saying that that's wrong, uh, but make sure that depending on the type of program that you have, that you're getting the right type of support. With that is the client support method. Um, we have SLAs, and I know a lot of BPOs have SLAs for getting back to clients, right? So if you send an email to one of our client services managers, if they don't answer right away, they have 15 minutes to get back to you because I think we think that's really important. Same thing with a phone call. 99% of the time, you're going to get the person you need, but make sure that that you're just talking to one person, one or two people, right? Maybe a, 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 a core person and a backup, but you don't want to be calling or putting tickets in for issues. You don't want to be calling production for a production issue, IT for an IT issue. And some contact centers are kind of spread out that way. So ask for one client service person or kind of a dedicated person for for your program. The other thing that I look for is associate match and kind of culture match, right? So again, if you're a skateboard company with or a t-shirt company and you're kind of hip and cool, 
You want to make sure that the, the the demographic of people in that call center that are going to be dealing with your program are the same type of individuals that you want to be the voice of your program. That might be totally different for a financial services organization, right? So a financial services organization might want someone that's a little bit older, more stoic. I don't know, you know, like playing through those stereotypes. Well, I don't know if they're right or wrong, but really that's kind of how they've, we've, we've seen that. And that's how it works the best when we try to match the voice of the agent with the voice of the customer. Number five makes total sense is proper technology. Make sure that, you know, if you need call recording, virtual cues, you know, if you need a VPN set up, if you want speech analytics, if you need chatbots, if, if, you know, you, you need an omni channel with a, with digital support, make sure that you can see that, do a demo of their, of their software, see what they have, make sure that you feel comfortable that they can handle, you know, your CTI integration, screen pops, integrating, uh, with your proprietary system that you have, make sure that all that stuff is, is kind of scoped out and they can do a, a really good job. You know, another question a lot of people ask is, can I, should, I, should I go onshore? Should I go offshore? Should I do a hybrid model, right? And, you know, for us, it, it kind of makes sense sometimes to do both. You know, if we have larger clients that are doing chat and emails, you know, offshore, and they're doing voice here with us in the States, and that makes things a little bit more cost-effective for them for sure. Understand the type of client and the culture that you have with your customers. Understand you know, what they'll handle, what, what is, what they can deal with. If there's a little bit more security aspect, maybe you need this to be in the States, but you know, that's a question that is not just a culture issue because there's financial implications with that too. So something to kind of think about with that. Uh, training, how do they do training? We prefer, I love when clients are all hands on deck for that first initial train, right? So how we would do training and, and how I would suggest you do it is if you want to outsource, meet with their trainer, meet with the client service rep, give a give a couple hours of a of a thirty thousand foot view of kind of what you're doing, what you're going over, what are the materials that are going to be needed, um, and then have the client really do a lot of the first initial training, having our trainers kind of learn it all, right? So now after this first class, we can handle it from there, but we really want the you to be a part of that first initial train, so. Make sure that if you're outsourcing for the first time that you have a huge say in training. Don't just give them, you know, packets and, and PowerPoints. Make sure that you, you have that really scoped out. Well, that's where I see things kind of going off the rail when even materials aren't done right, right? So there's no real PowerPoint. There's no real plan. Before that needs to be done, make sure that, you know, all that all that kind of stuff is in place. And, you know, one of the biggest things for me too is is security, even if I don't have a, if, if, if I'm consulting and even if the client is not a credit card or there's no type of credit card issuance or, you know, we don't have to look at any real proprietary system, I don't really care. I need you to be PCI compliant. I need you to be HIPAA compliant. SOC 2 is great, right? And we're just looking at that because it just kind of shows the type of organization, what you value. That's just something for me. So I think PCI compliance just kind of, kind of, it's kind of like a college degree kind of thing. It doesn't mean that you're good, right? But it means that you've at least, you know, taken some steps to to try to better yourself. Um, so I think that that's a, you know, that's kind of the, uh, a, a big piece of, of, of where that is. So guys, those are some of my thoughts on, on outsourcing, some of the things to look out for, some of the things that are really important. You know, outsourcing when done right 
is a huge boon to your organization. When you pick the right contact center to deal with your customers with higher-end technology that you have, it can be amazing. If you pick the wrong contact center, it is the biggest headache ever, right? So you want to make sure that you're picking the right person. If you have no idea where to start, then you got to get on and you got to get a consultant or a broker, right? Let them guide you through, let them use their Rolodex to, to point to contact centers. They know are going to do that, do a really good job because there's so many of us out there that it's very difficult to just, you know, go on the internet and pick and choose. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with that even. And I think people are starting to learn that most of our business is now broker driven. Um, you know, we, we still see, a lot of word of mouth, which is awesome for us, right? But when you're first starting, that's difficult. It is very difficult for BPO to do SEO, right? Because there's very few, unless you're a maybe a startup and you have you know seven or ten seats that you're just kind of looking to outsource. Those people might be more inclined to go online and go search. And I think that's why we do a lot of content, right? For for those type of individuals, or at least to make sure that we're trying to get our name out there from more of a branding standpoint. And I know I'm kind of going off on a, on a tangent here, but I think that's important, right? It's more kind of branding than it is, you know, kind of looking us up and saying, "Hey, who uh, who's a good call center?" Right? Because if you're doing that, you're gonna you're gonna put yourself through a lot of, I think, extra stress that you don't need, and you're gonna talk to a lot of people that are gonna you know, probably just take you down a little bit of a path. So you got to have a plan. I'm more than happy to talk to any of you out there if you're looking to outsource. You know, not even saying to come with us, but if you like, just hey, Tom, I'm thinking of going with this contact center. This is kind of what they said. This is the RFP. If you ever want my help with any of that, I'm more than happy to to kind of parse through that and, and at least give you some questions to ask them. Um, you know, I'll say that too on the on the contact center technology side. If any of you guys are looking to, you know, we've done a, a couple episodes on that. Check out the one with Brandon Knight from Tolaris, who we really talked about all the up and coming contact centers. And our contact center providers uh, from technology. So I can, I can kind of guide you with that as well. More than happy to help in any way I can. Um, I'm going to have a, a kind of an announcement on Tuesday. If you saw on LinkedIn, we're going to do a little bit of an NFT project for the podcast, which I'm really excited about that I think can add a ton of value to all of you. So, you know, you can look, check, kind of check me out on LinkedIn and kind of look at that post, but I'm going to do probably, I don't know, just like a five to seven minute announcement on the, um, on the podcast as well, just to kind of a little, like an announcement podcast, right? Uh, that I'll explain it in a little bit more detail, but I'm excited for it. And it should be a way for us to interact a little bit more and, you know, hand out some gear to you guys, like some hoodies and some things like that too. So just to kind of thank you all for all the awesome uh, podcast following that you guys are doing. Last thing I want to say is if you can please post a review um, on iTunes or, or wherever you listen to this, I would really appreciate it. Thank you guys very much, and I'll talk to you all next week.